Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you realize that each one of us has a workplace that needs to be transformed in our minds to being a mission field, a place where ministry takes place. But what are the steps that will lead us there? Sometimes we can work a whole career and never even realize how much God loves our work and wants to work with us. Ken Snodgrass is that man. After 20 years with Shell, he retired so he could answer this one question. Can you even be a Christian and still work at Shell? Isn't there something more significant you could do other than trading energy? Ken Snodgrass is here to share his story and what he found out. Ken Snodgrass, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim and Martha, for having me. Yeah, we're excited. I loved reading about your story, and I loved the struggle that you had. And and you're so not alone. So many people quit their jobs because they feel like, I can't find significance in my work, so i got to go find significance somewhere else when, in fact, God's got them there on purpose. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you become a believer? Well, I, I was actually very fortunate to have two Christian parents who raised me from the time I was born in the church. And through that love of God that I felt, by the seventh grade, I confessed uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior to our congregation, and then was discipled in the church up until well, today. So I've had a kind of continuous faith journey. But there was a disconnect between your faith and your work, wasn't there? Talk to us about your career and that disconnect. Well, I, I was brought up in the, in the church and had a very long career in the energy trading, but the church really never really discussed it and, and during, during worship service discipling. So I, I always felt that God wanted me to do what I was doing, and what I was doing was important, but I really couldn't explain it in words. And and so that that led me to eventually struggle with it and and dig deep and, and eventually led to the book that I wrote. So tell us about that. What did it, it lead you to write about? What did God reveal to you? Well, God revealed that this struggle has been going on in, in the work and faith movement since the very earliest part uh, of our faith. Um, you can start with the very opening parts of Scripture in, in Genesis and read about it. And theologians have written about it for, um, you know, all during um, Christian from the very earliest beginning to the end. And so it made me realize that I wasn't alone in this journey, that this has been a part uh, of God's work in the world. So did God care about your work in the trading division at Shell? Oh, yes, um, very much so. What I was doing was mattered, and it mattered not only to me, but to my fellow workers, to my community at large. And so I always knew that God was a part of it. But I, I really didn't didn't really hit home until when I went up to a senior executive uh, meeting where two days of assessment. At the very end of it, they give you feedback of how you can improve. And they asked me during that, why did I want to become a senior executive? And I spoke about how I wanted to change things for the better, and I could make a difference. And they looked at me and they says, do you realize what you're going up against? There's a lot of people out there that don't have your values. And at that point, it really hit home to how much a difference it could make in my career by having a witness in that career. Hmm. 
So tell us then, what is it that God then told you to write to, to, to share that with other people? Well, first of all, I, I didn't feel like I necessarily had the tools, and that's why I went back to seminaries to study and be very open-minded during that process and let the Spirit work through me. Mm-hmm. But then, as, as time went on and I studied, I realized that there was kind of two different types of resources out there. One was a very theological resource, which made it difficult for many people to understand, mm-hmm. especially those who are just starting out in their faith journey. And second, there was a more of a practical and I decided that I needed to fuse those two worlds and make it both practical that people could understand and, and actually apply to their daily life like I did, but also have underneath it some very good theology around it. Yeah, you know, I just want to go back a little bit, though, because you had this high-powered job, probably a pretty decent-paying job at Shell, and you were disgruntled, and so you're like trying to figure out how to connect your faith and your work and your buddy Ian, I know you said that wasn't his real name in the book, but he led you down this path to writing this book and to, to seeking this understanding. Do you ever wish that you just could go back and not quit, but learn all that you learned when you spent that year studying? Well, sometimes, and yet I'm still out in the world, even though I retired from Shell. But I guess what Ian taught me was that question should come up much earlier in your career. And that's what kind of led me to decide, how do you communicate that to people like Ian? There's a lot of people out there, even and older, that are struggling with meaning in their lives. And Ian was doing that same thing. And I needed to have a way to communicate to somebody like Ian, how do we connect and integrate faith and work into our work life? You took time to write this book, Trading with God, Seven Steps to Integrate Your Faith into Your Work. Let's talk about those seven steps, and and then we're going to ask questions as we go through each one. What are these seven steps? Why don't you list them out for us? Well, it starts with honoring the Sabbath, and second step is master competency. Third is manage God providence. Fourth is exhibit Christ-like character. Fifth is practice servant leadership. Sixth is balance your power. And last, but the peak, is be missional. You know, what I loved about your book is that you started with honor the Sabbath. What's funny, a lot of people don't even put into into their thought process, the very first full day that Adam and Eve spent on the earth was not a work day. It was a Sabbath day. Right. God didn't start their day off on a Monday. He, well, okay, he started off on a Sunday. Now, he started it off on a Saturday, the Sabbath day mm-hmm. at that point in time. And, and because he wanted us to, to understand this, what is so important for us to understand about honoring the Sabbath and how? what does it have to do with incorporating our faith into our work? Well, first of all, it's foundational. If we allow work to become a God, we are not worshiping God. But God actually says, you look to me first. You rest in me first. That is the biggest priority here. And then you're sent out into the workforce, into life in general, with that understanding. And then you honor me through that work. So if you cannot honor the Sabbath, if you cannot rest in God, if you cannot spend the time to worship, to disciple, to pray, then you're not realizing what is ultimate in your life. And this is why the Sabbath was given as a gift 
to humans was given as a something to treasure. And when we don't treasure it, we don't honor God. Hmm. Those are some powerful words. And so, <laughs> Humbling words. So let me just ask you really practically, tell our listeners one way that they can start to honor the Sabbath. Maybe that just kind of makes them panic. <laughs> so um, help, them, <laughs> help them a little bit in, in just thinking of one way they can learn to honor the Sabbath. Well, for me, the best way is to put away those electronic devices that kind of rule our life today and look at the face of your fellow brothers and sisters, some that are in Christ and some that are not, and communicate with them personally, witness to them, spend time in fellowship, and Mm. then that will make you see the light of God in many people out there. Mm. Good word. I know we all need to hear that (laughs) one, I'm sure. We say this many times on the show, and it's so important, uh, but, but Ken, just to know that Jesus was always busy but never in a hurry, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that he took time to rest and be. Uh, And I think really that's what you're saying. All right, number two. You say it's master competence. What does that mean? Well, it's hard to to be in the workforce and be incompetent Mm -hmm. and say how much you value God's gifts to you. God gave you these gifts to use, and you're supposed to flourish in them and use them to help your fellow humans, and to respect God. And and therefore, by mastering competence, you're actually worshiping God by using the gifts that God gave you. And therefore, in this complex world, we need to spend the time to be good at those gifts and then go out and witness with those gifts and honor God through them. What if you end up in a job, though, where you're not competent or you've been placed in a spot where it's not a good fit? I mean, how many people have been promoted to their highest level of incompetence? (laughs) What do you do then? Well, I think you start with prayer and start reasoning what you can do to gain that competency. And if it isn't fit, then you should change and use your gifts rather than be in a place where you're, you're really not using what God gave you. Mm, those are some good words. And I'm sure that there's some listeners right now that are feeling that way. And so remember, listeners, start it with prayer and just ask the Lord what you're supposed to do next. So the third thing, um, step to integrating your faith in your work, you say is manage God's providence. Give us an example of how um, God has used this in your life. This is uh, the word of stewardship. We were told from the very beginning of Genesis to be stewards of God's resources, the gifts that God gave us. And when we abuse them or we mismanage them, then we are not honoring God. And in my work as a manager, the first thing I did when I came into my job was to start examining our expenses and saying, are we productive here? And then many times we were not. And then I would counsel and use the word stewardship. We are stewards here, and people would understand and start changing behaviors. And so I did it from the ground floor up of just saying, 
Here are resources. Are we being good stewards? Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work for him power pod take control of your listening time today all right so you've got uh, these are the seven steps to integrate your faith and your work written in a book by ken snodgrass trading with god we're going to give away a copy of this book today call our listener line 866-713-9675 866-713-9675 or 866-713-WORK and and just say you'd like to get a copy of Trading with God and Ken Snodgrass. We'll get one sent out to you. You can also check out Ken online, kensnodgrass.com, kensnodgrass.com. All right, Ken, we've gone through the first three steps, honor the Sabbath, master competence, manage God's providence. Now, the next one seems like this makes the most sense to me. Number four step out of seven, exhibit Christ-like character. Ah, and I feel like we're getting somewhere. Now we're talking about Jesus. Why is our character, and I'm saying that with sarcasm because the other things are important. I'm sorry. But <laughs> why is our character of such importance while living out our faith and our work? Because we are God, uh, Christ's light within us. We are the spokesperson right now for Christ. And what we do and how we do it makes it Where else can we be seen? That light needs to be shown. And so we have to, to be a follower of Christ means to follow the character of Christ, the things that Christ did, the parables he spoke about, his life that he led. And if we can't do that, then we are not going to be a true witness of Christ in our workplace. So it is so important that the light of Christ be seen within you when you're at work, and it will be seen if you follow Christ-like character. So I'm going to ask kind of an interesting question here, because we are still all human. So what do you tell the listener or the reader of your book when mm, maybe they goof up and they're, they do something in their work where they don't exhibit Christ-like character? Um, because, because it's going to happen, right? Well, first of all, when I was in leadership, I practiced the art of apologizing. <laughs> I did something wrong. And that shows the humility that we all are human. We all make mistakes, and it starts at the very top. And so when I failed, when I didn't follow Christ's teaching to my understanding, I looked him in the eye, and I apologized, and I said, I hope I can do. Will you forgive me? And it made a huge difference in my teams that I led because they understand you don't have to be perfect. You need to learn and grow and become who God meant you to be. And there are going to be mistakes along the way, but it's okay to say, I'm sorry. Mm. And even more than okay, it's really important because we're held to, you know, people are looking for you to make a mistake, I think, sometimes. All right, the number five on your list of seven steps to integrate your faith in your work is practice servant leadership. Now, Ken, you and I have been in jobs long enough, and many people listening have been in jobs long enough, that that word is often used to find ways for people to serve you, that you want to be a leader so that people will serve you. Mm -hmm. But that's not really what servant leadership is all about. Why don't you explain what, is this, what does this really look like, and how does, it, how does servant leadership properly executed give us a platform for an integrated life example at work? 
servant leadership is serving those around you. It's not about you. It's about uplifting them. And so you spend your time mentoring and coaching, giving examples, and building the teams around you with the hope, really, at the end of the day, that once you lead, they go on into the world and follow that example and build people behind you. It's not about you. It's about them, the organization, the community they serve. And that's what's so important. We can't get your ego in the way. And as I stressed in the book, there's ways that you can combat that ego by asking people to give you feedback, getting people you trust to talk to you so that your leadership isn't about you. It's about those around you. Mm, that's really powerful because, you know, we think that uh, we kind of have that messed up sometimes. <laughs> so, so in going through your list, then number six is balance power. Um, mm. how, can, how can power be used for ourselves and for God in the workplace? Yes, power, some people see it only as corrupting. Mm. But I see it as a way to bring justice and wholesome and the right wrongs. And that if we use it correctly, if we're given power, then it's up to us to use it effectively. And that's why it's there. And so my job was to not let it corrupt me, but actually bring the organization and my community into a better place or what I call the kingdom. That's what we're supposed to be focused on. And that power should drive that behavior towards it. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind that gives you control. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him Power Pod. We're talking today with Ken Snodgrass. KenSnodgrass.com. KenSnodgrass.com. He's written this book, Trading With God, Seven Steps to Integrate Your Faith Into Your Work. And those first six steps are honor the Sabbath, master competence, manage God's providence, exhibit Christ-like character, practice servant leadership, and balance power. But Ken, the final point, be missional. Why is this the last step when, for me, I think it's the most important one? And I, and I totally agree with you. It's the pinnacle. I look at it as the peak. And all these steps not only lead to it, but if you're effective in the first six, you will be missional. If you're ineffective, you will be less than effective in your mission. Going into the workplace is a mission field. It is a valuable and a very important mission field. And so we always need to think of ourselves as sending, being sent, and going into the world in service and showing the light of Christ to everyone. And that's why I, I put it as seven, but it's, I put it as the peak, the pinnacle, the star, as what we're supposed to be doing. So you, uh, what does this all look like? I mean, as you have taught this, as you've written this, you've out there watched people, what does this what happens when someone takes these seven steps and puts them into action in their workplace? I believe it's transformational. It's where the spirit works through people and opens the eyes of others, Christians and non-Christians, to the light. And it, it makes us all want to be disciples. 
To give you an example, I once was giving a presentation to a large group of people, and I was all about company matters. And when I finished, the lady next to my wife, who also works for Shell, says, is your husband Christian? He sounds like he is, even though the word Christian never came up mm-hmm. because the light was shining during that moment, and it, people could feel it. And that's when you're transformational and you're integrating fully your faith into your work. And that's really what you said. If you're, if you're doing the first six things effectively, then being missional pours out of that. And I, I think that's so great. And I think you've done an amazing job. What you said your goal was going to seminary so that you could marry together the theological and the practical. And you've really done that in a way that we can have confidence in as we read through your book. So listeners, you can get a copy of the book, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. And so just real quickly, tell our listeners, you left Shell, you went to school, you've written this book. Um, what does God have you doing now to put all of this into action in your own life? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm starting to research location and calling mm. to get a kind of a beforehand is how do you actually come together, especially early in your life, to choose that location? What important things do you have to look for with your faith and connecting it to your gifts? And secondly, I, uh, there is a um, university, Southwestern University. It's affiliated with the Methodist Church where I am mentoring students and providing scholarships to help them, especially first-generational who are seeking into this world to better educate them. And I can use this book as a research and a point. And also I, I am teaching uh, a local church here and speaking out on this uh, since the book's been published. Mm-hmm. So all this is trying to get me back into the missional and into the lives of younger people that are searching for these uh, tough questions of how do I integrate my faith and work into a meaningful uh, place. Ken, I love that, and I'm sure your desire would be for them to read your book and put it into action in their workplace, not quit their job and go work at a church or go become a foreign missionary to actually become a missionary in their workplace. That's your ultimate desire, isn't it? Definitely, because the missionary field is in your workplace. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You are missional when you're there, and that is just as important as a missionary going off into a foreign land. Ken Snodgrass, thanks for being on I Work Room today. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I Work For Him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number number four, him.com.